May the God of peace fill you with all joy in believing. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is a single verse from today's gospel, John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Scripture contains many short messages, let's call them sermons, that are both beautiful and brief. Give you a few examples. In the book of Exodus, God himself preaches a sermon about his own name, the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Brief and beautiful. Or how about the angel's sermon that we were privileged to hear just a few weeks ago? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Again, short and sweet. And who could forget the, the very first Easter sermon ever preached? Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Lots of words? No. Lots of comfort? Absolutely. You know, it's amazing how much meaning, how much comfort the Spirit can pack into just a few words. And we have another example of that kind of thing before us in God's Word this morning. John the Baptist preached one of the most beautiful sermons that has ever been recorded. In fact, I would say that his sermon is really a model for all Christian preaching. This is what every preacher should do. He should point to Jesus as John did and proclaim, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Those glorious words summarize our Savior's mission. He came into the world to take away sin. He came into the world to save the world. Our text begins with these words. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. Now the day before, the crowds had questioned John about his identity. Who was he? They asked him, are, are you Elijah come back from the dead? Are you perhaps one of the other great prophets from our history? Are you the Messiah himself? And John answered them very clearly. He said, no, no, and no. And he was most emphatic about that Messiah part. He, he did not fail to confess, but he confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. John definitely knew his place. He was not the Savior. He was just the forerunner for the Savior. And so he humbly stated, I don't even deserve to carry the Savior's sandals. His job, quite simply, was to put the spotlight on Jesus. And he was very good at his job. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want to take a, a closer look at those words. We know them so well, but why did John call Jesus the Lamb of God? I'm going to assume this morning that we don't have any people here today who raise sheep for a living. Probably that's the case. Uh, lambs and sheep just aren't a, a part of our regular everyday lives, I would say. Maybe the closest is somewhere we've got a little stuffed lamb in our house that somebody got at Easter time or something like that. But they're just, they're not a part of our everyday life. 
Very different for John's first audience on that day. Sheep and lambs were a part of their everyday life. And so when he called Jesus the Lamb of God, that connected with them. That had immediate meaning. I mean, not only did a lot of those people raise lambs and sheep, but they were a big part of their worship life. Take, for instance, the Passover festival and meal. God commanded his chosen people to commemorate the Passover, which was to remember the time when he delivered them from captivity in Egypt. You remember that, the last plague, the plague of the firstborn. God sent his destroying angel, and that angel passed over the homes of the Israelites. Why? Well, because at God's direction, they had painted blood on the door frames of their houses, the blood of a lamb. God was teaching them a lesson. You are saved by the blood of a lamb. But you know something? Celebrating the Passover meal and feast, it wasn't just about looking back. It was also about looking forward. When they slaughtered and ate that perfect lamb, it helped them to look forward to the true Passover lamb, the Messiah who would take away their sins, who would rescue them from more than just captivity in Egypt, but would rescue them from slavery to sin and death and the devil's power. When John said, look, the Lamb of God, all these things were running through their minds. His message was clear. Here's the one who's going to rescue you. Here's the one who's going to take away all of your sins. My friends, that is why Jesus came. To take away sin. Now maybe that sounds incredibly obvious, but it needs to be said because we make a big mistake when we try to force our Lord Jesus to do something else. And what I, what I mean is this. Jesus did not come into the world to help us lose weight. He didn't come into the world to make us good at sports. He didn't come into the world to give you ten principles so that your business will succeed. He came to take away sin, plain and simple. That's it. That was his whole purpose for coming to the world. He came to bear our guilt, to carry our sin all the way to the cross, and shed his priceless blood in payment for all of it. You know, I think sometimes we expect a little more from him than he really promised to give. Lord, fix all my problems. Lord, take away all my financial woes. Lord, give me a happy life. Now, Jesus certainly promises to be with us and to help us in time of need to provide all that we need. But Jesus nowhere promises us piles of money or a problem-free life or perfect joy in this world. And my friends, shame on us for times when we, we try to turn Jesus into an ATM or a Staples Easy button or our own personal little happiness machine. I want you to note, John didn't say, look, here's the one who's going to put you on Easy Street. Here's the one who's going to make everything you do turn to success. No, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And my friends, that's what brings true peace and joy and happiness, eternal joy and happiness. You see, our sins had separated us from our God, but Jesus repaired that broken relationship. He did so by tearing down that dividing wall, that huge, hundred-foot-tall, razor-wire-topped wall of sin that stood between us and our God. How did he do it? Paul tells us. He says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And by that one sacrifice, Jesus took away our sins forever. 
In the worship life of God's Old Testament people, sacrifices were a very common everyday thing. They sacrificed all kinds of lambs and all kinds of other animals. The priests were were often covered in blood and it flowed in rivers up there on Temple Mount. All those animals certainly taught God's people that sin is serious. Sin costs a life. Sin requires blood. But my friends, all those sacrifices didn't pay for even a single sin. They simply pointed forward to the one sacrifice that could. Every lamb sacrificed in the temple precincts was really a a, a direct object lesson that was meant to show the people something better is coming. Those sacrifices pointed forward to the one lamb whose blood would take away all sin, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was only sacrificed one time because that's all that was needed. The writer to the Hebrews tells us, Christ has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Isaiah predicted this. He said he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And slaughter is a good word to describe what happened to him at Calvary, right? He was slaughtered for us. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was cursed in our place. He was damned for our sins. He was sacrificed for us. And my friends, all those ugly words result in the most beautiful word in the world for us. Forgiveness. One question still remains, though. This great sacrifice, who was it for? For whom did Jesus earn this forgiveness? John also makes that incredibly clear in his very simple sermon. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the word that's used here for world means the inhabited world. It's not talking about the actual physical globe of the earth, but everybody who is walking on that earth. We're talking here about people, and that's whom Jesus came to save. He didn't come to die for one nation. He didn't come to die for a select group or people who were good enough or something like that. No, Jesus came to save every man, woman, and child, past, present, and future. Scripture makes this plain over and over again. Just one example. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 calls Jesus the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Think about drug commercials that you sometimes see on TV. Uh, There's always a list of restrictions in those commercials, right? Don't take this drug if you're allergic to it or any of its ingredients. Don't take this drug if you have a heart condition. Don't take this drug if you're pregnant or may become pregnant. The message is very clear, right? This is good medicine. It can help you, but it's not for everybody. My friends, the message for us today is clear. The blood of Jesus Christ, that divine medicine, is for everybody. There are no restrictions whatsoever. Jesus died for all. And that has a tremendous impact on how we view ourselves. You see, the devil is still at work, and he wants nothing more than to convince us that God doesn't really love us and doesn't really forgive us. And he usually slithers up to us late at night when we're lying awake, can't sleep. 
And he begins whispering in our ears all kinds of reasonable sounding things. Well, you know, God is a forgiving God, but, but boy, what you did ten years ago, what you said to her, I don't think God can forgive that one. I mean, that one just goes too far. You're not good enough for his forgiveness. Your sins are just too awful. What comfort we find in John's simple sermon. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. My friends, you and I are part of the world. We are those for whom Jesus came and died, and so his blood washes away all of our sins too. Believe it and be at peace in his forgiveness. But my friends, this good news that he came to take the sins of the world away also changes how we look at everybody else out there in the world. Just think of how many people there are in our world. Seven plus billion people and the great variety of people out there. Just think of the variety that you meet every day in your life. The guy at the gas station where you buy your morning coffee. The woman who cuts your hair. The guy who cuts you off in traffic. The woman who delivers your mail. The team you just bowled against. The people who live in Reykjavik or Bangkok or Tehran. The people sitting in the next pew over from you. The people sitting in pews across town this morning. Your classmates, your co-workers, your family members. What do they all have in common? Exactly. The Lamb of God shed his blood for each and every one of them, just as certainly as he shed his blood for you and me. And my friends, that means it is our joy and our privilege to do all we can to make sure that they know this good news. A tourist once visited a church in Germany. And while he was looking around at the church, he noticed way up in the spire on the steeple the carving of a little lamb that just kind of seemed out of place. And so he asked the tour guide about it. The tour guide told him this story. Many years before when the, when the church was being built, a workman had been up there on some scaffolding and he fell off. He fell all the way down to the churchyard, all the way to the ground. Now this church is built in an area where there are lots of rocks, lots of big boulders sticking up out of the lawn in the churchyard. So his co-workers ran down thinking for sure he must have landed on one of those rocks and been killed. But when they got down to the bottom, he was standing there, visibly shaken. He was, certainly was injured, but he was okay. Something really, really strange had happened. Uh, a group of lambs and sheep had come through that churchyard grazing, and the man had fallen between two of those stones right on top of a little lamb. It broke his fall. It, it was crushed and it was killed in, when that happened, but he was saved. And so later on, somebody went up and from the exact spot from where he fell, carved a little lamb in memory of that event. Brothers and sisters, the Lamb of God has broken our fall. He was crushed in our place. He died so that we can live. And what a life! It is our joy to live for our Savior now, and it will be our joy to live with him for all of eternity. Don't ever lose sight of him. No, keep your eyes on that Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yours and mine too. Amen.